Hey, Mark. Hey, Katie. Hey, you want to do a podcast? Yeah. Sweet. Okay. <laughs> Welcome to the Unforget Yourself Show, where we use the power of woo and the proof of science to help you identify your blind spots, get over your own bullshit, <gasps> so that you can do the fucking thing you actually want to do. Absolutely. I'm Mark. And I'm Katie. And we're the founders of Unforget Yourself and the creators of the Unforget Yourself system. Look, being a business owner is tough. Yeah. With vulnerability and with humor, mm-hmm. we'll be sharing with you the real stories behind the success of those brave and crazy enough to start their own business and to show you that you're not alone. You're not. Well, from the accidental entrepreneur to the laser-focused CEO, we have honest conversations about how they got to where they are today. We talk about the challenges that they faced and what they're currently dealing with in real time on their roller coaster journey. Along the way, we want to show you that it's, it's you. You are the most important asset in your business. Yeah, you are. So let's cut the bullshit and start the show. Enjoy. Okay. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show. So today we have with us Rob Southgate of Southgate Small Business. They're teaching entrepreneurs how to market like pros. Hey, Rob, welcome to the show. Oh, Mark, I'm so excited to be here. This is going to be a lot of fun. And, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put a note right there at the beginning. You said of, of Southgate Small Business, I also have another one called the Podcast Profs, which teaches mm-hmm. people about podcasting and coaches with that. And then we also have a network, which is called Southgate Media Group. So I'm going to get those plugs in there right up front. Oh, well, my first question is always, can you expand? Can you tell me more about you know who you are serving and, and where your business or businesses are today? Sure. Uh, well, let's start with... Uh, Let's start with the oldest one, which is Southgate Media Group. Now, that one we started, my wife and I started uh, to give you, I'll give you a quick story on it. Uh, I I had gone back to school. We had owned a children's store in the city of Chicago. We're really successful until we weren't. And then I kind of bounced around and decided, you know what, I got to go back to school because even though I had this huge resume, I mm-hmm. didn't have the education. Went back to school, ended up getting two bachelor's degrees in business. And at the end of those two years, or not two years, two degrees, but I actually did them in three years. It's crazy. I Don't ask me how I did it. Uh, at the end of that, I couldn't get a job. And my wife said, she said, I, I don't know if you're supposed to get a regular job. I was like, no, no, this is the plan. I got these degrees to get the job. And as you know, plans are just plans. I need this so I can do this, so I can do this. That's, that's right. what happens, right? That's the way it's supposed to didn't, be. Didn't happen at all. So I kept going to, I went to headhunters. I went to, you know, friends that, that could help. And they kept saying, I, I keep getting this feeling. You're not supposed to get a job, like a regular job. And my wife was like, you need to go outside. I was getting so angry and so frustrated. She said, you need to go outside, take a walk and just listen to what's going on. See what comes to you. Talk to God or hear the wind, whatever it is you need. And I got a super clear message that I was supposed to start this network. And I came back and I told my wife, she's like, thank God, because I knew it, but you sure didn't want to hear it. So we started our network and we had these big dreams. We were going to have three podcasts within five years. And we were going to have five different podcasters working for us. And that was in August, I believe, or September. And by Christmas, we had 36 podcasts and we had over 100 podcasters. So it was, it was nuts growth and we didn't Mm. know what we were doing. We were making it up. We're talking at this point, 11 or 12 years ago, think about the podcasting space. 
it, it didn't exist. There were a few Hold shows. On. I want to go backwards to what you just said there. You didn't know yeah, what yeah. you were doing, but boy, you were doing it. Now, there is something beautiful in that. I mean, there's two ways of moving forward as a business owner, as an entrepreneur. It's either you get ready to get ready to get ready or the whole ready, fire, aim strategy where you just do it and then you kind of work it out as you go along. It's both a terrifying, but it's finding the right way for you to go forward, right? Yeah, absolutely. In fact, uh, a wrinkle to that story is that that December, uh, my unemployment was running out. So we walked off a cliff. There was no job. There was no income. And everyone at that time was saying, how do you make any money at podcasting? And I have the same answer today. You don't. You have to figure out ways around it. You have to figure out the ways to make money that are around the podcast. There are ways to do it. You can get some sponsorship. You can do advertising. But let's face it, if you figure out how to do a newsletter and you get some sponsorship for that, you write a book, you sell some books, you do some public speaking, they're all tied to your podcast, but that's how you make a living doing it. It can't just be, I'm going to talk on a mic and I'm going to throw it out there and let's see what happens. It doesn't mm -hmm. work that way. So we walked off of a cliff. You said, do you just do it? Yeah, man, we just didn't stop. Uh, I didn't have editors. So I had to figure it out. I was editing 36 shows a week uh -huh. for quite a while. Anybody that doesn't understand that, go record a half hour podcast. See how long it takes you to edit it the first hundred times. It's not, nice. it's not short. So yeah, as an entrepreneur, we were, we always say we're just risk takers. They're calculated risks. We think about it, but you move forward. And if it doesn't work, if something like, if it's just not working, don't be afraid to say, you know what? I have no ego in the game. I'm going to step back from this. The other thing that we found over time, because we've been doing this stuff for a long time, is you may step back from it now. And five years from now, all the pieces of those puzzle might come back together. Mm. And now it makes sense. So yeah, do it. Just jump in there and keep moving forward, but do it with purpose. Think about what you're doing. Don't just spin your wheels. Yeah. Do it with a, with a plan. Do it with right. and where, where you're going. Yeah. The biggest thing is have a goal, have a goal in mind. If it's just financial, that might work for some that does not work for me. You got to have a goal and you got to say, how do I get there? You don't have to sit here and map out smart goals and all that stuff that works for some people. It's great. For me, it seems to be more, what's my goal? We want five or three podcasts in five years. Okay. I write that down. It sits right on my screen. Opportunity comes up. Opportunity comes up. Oh, oh opportunities. Okay. Scratch that. Throw that away. We already hit that goal. Hmm. What's the next goal? And we just keep driving, just keep moving to make things happen. Is it always successful? No. You've seen the meme where they have the iceberg and it says, you know, the overnight success and it's the little thing poking out of the top. And really everything that you did is this giant Titanic bursting iceberg underneath. Mm -hmm. That's the reality. So if you can't handle that iceberg, you need some coaching if you really hey, want be it. Beautifully put, because this podcast is all about what's underneath that. It's all about talking with, you know, great people like you that, Hey, I've been there. I've done that. I made all these mistakes. I've had all these successes. I'm going through this, what everyone else is going through. And we don't often talk about all this stuff under the iceberg. We don't talk about right. all the things that we go through mentally, emotionally, um, action-based, the, the, the teams, the strategies, the marketing, all these things, the mistakes that we've made along the way. It's 
I don't want to talk about that because I want to be seen as the professional. Right. Throughout your journey, did you have, when did you have those occasions where it's like, I don't want to be seen as this. I was too concerned. Did that ever come up for you at a, at a point? That's a great question. Right. Uh, I would say uh, my initial reaction is to say yes, but now I got to wonder why am I saying yes to that? Uh, yeah, you know, I, I do think let's take let's take the podcasting thing. We're not even on what I do now, right? Mm-hmm. Let's take the podcasting thing. After we got rolling and I was getting the education, because then I went back and got an MBA in marketing strictly to help my business. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's a lot of work just to help your business, and a lot of money just to help your business. I, uh, I think I was falling into that same, that mindset of not, uh, trying to live up to the expectations that I put in my head as opposed to seeing it for reality saying, okay, I can be vulnerable here. I had to, I had to put on the mask of, nope, I'm the owner. I do this. I've got the answers. I've got the ideas. The reality yeah. is yeah, you do have a lot of those, but you can also admit when it doesn't work. I, I just had a, a flash of an idea, and I think this is this is a, an example of it. We did a show called Live at the Blue Box. Uh, a very close friend of mine uh, who died in the last couple of years uh, owned a cafe. He was a podcast partner, too. He owned a po- mm-hmm. uh, uh, cafe called the Blue Box Cafe. It's Doctor Who themed. Chris was just this wonderful guy, great partner on everything. And we would do a show called Live at the Blue Box. And the first night we went up and I'm up there by myself on the microphone, trying to figure this out. And I stopped and I said, this isn't working. I don't know why we're doing this. This is the last episode of live at the blue box. And my wife from the audience said, oh no, it's not. You haven't even tried. You don't know what you're doing. You're going to figure it out. And I went, you're right. I, I'm meant to be here. I got to figure it out. I have to make something out of this. And then Chris, who I had just met, who had asked us to do this was like, yeah, you know what? You, you've got a space as long as you need a space, like you could do this here. And you know what? It was, it was that moment where I realized, yeah, I can't be fronting. I can't be like, I'm going to be successful at this or, or nothing. And I have to be vulnerable. I had to say Mm -hmm. it on the microphone. And then from then on out, whenever I had these thoughts, I didn't, I wasn't afraid to expose it. I wasn't afraid to say, I I feel like an imposter here. Uh, Or, you know what? I'm just not feeling good enough. When I got my MBA, part of the motivation was I forever felt inadequate. Did I need that piece of paper? Ultimately, no. I walked through my classes because I knew that I had the knowledge already. Mm. I'd go to these classes. They'd talk about, you know, so-and-so that wrote this book. And I'd be like, I've met them. I've spoken with them. I've seen them speak a bunch of times. Uh, I've read the books, every one of them, you know, it was very rare that I hadn't. Usually it was somebody that was dead and I didn't have a chance to do that with them. Uh, And, and I mean, I could have walked through it, but I needed that paper, that validation. And when I was finished, I walked out of there and I walked into a professor job that I wasn't necessarily looking for. And I went, this is great. I love it. I love being Mm -hmm. a professor. I hope that answered it. Yeah. We've gone on from different tangents, which is what we tend to do around here, which is cool. It happens. But yeah, I, I love the way you said you haven't even tried. And I'm going to just, just pull back onto that. There is yeah. a balance. There is the duality. There is the understanding of 
listen to our intuition. There are times when we know that the 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 solution, the marketing, the strategy, the the, the team member, whatever it is, isn't right. To tap into our intuition and understand when it's you need to listen to yourself and trust yourself, maybe not the gurus, um, right. but also understand when you're making an excuse, when you're in denial or avoiding right. something. So that's the two things I want to just focus on there. When you said, or your wife said, no, numpty, you haven't even right. tried. Now you're at choice. Oh, right. boy, do I love choice. Choice is where you can be like, Hi, no, it's not for me. I really don't want to do it. And if that's true, oh my gosh, you've just released yourself to do things that you do Right, you can own it at that point. Yes. You can own it if it's not right, but she saw the truth that it was right. And, and you and had the ability, the awareness. Five years of shows. Yeah, but you had the awareness to do that. You had the awareness to see that, which is, I think, the, my, my point here. If we can all tap into ourselves and really be honest, because boy, we, we can't lie to ourselves, really, this is where the magic comes in. And the magic for you in this circumstance was, yeah, you're right. But what was born from that was your ability to be more be more vulnerable. Yeah. That's massive. Yeah. You know, I, I had another thought I want to share here, and this goes back to me teaching. So one of the things I do in my class, I teach digital marketing, which when I started this whole thing, I knew nothing about digital marketing. Mm. So I have learned my MBA. We didn't really touch on this. I have learned it in order to be able to teach it in order to be use it for my, my company. Mm. Once again, always learning always striving to understand and to be vulnerable and say, Hey, I don't understand this. Can you teach me? Okay. Mm -hmm. So in my class, I have a thing where they have to do a simulation. It's through this program where it's a marketing thing. They have to go in and they have to, you know, week one, they get an assignment. you got to sell X amount of backpacks and they have to go, okay, well, I'm going to do a Facebook ad and I'm going to do uh, this. I'm going to use these hashtags. And then they see their results. And then the next week they have to try something, you know, it says, try the next week, mm. maybe a little tweak to it. And what I tell my class is you're going to get all the points as long as you try something different every time, because the reality of marketing, of being an entrepreneur is there is no fine definition to anything. There is no answer. You look at, I, I've known people that, that do like, they'll do an ad, a Facebook ad, and they'll go, oh my God, my traffic exploded. You better try something different next month because if you don't, you keep what you have and, and test a different one because if you don't, it can shut off and it makes no rhyme or reason. On this mm -hmm. simulation, what I love is they can do this, do this thing. They do all the things. They go into the next week. It, they can try all the same things. It may work again or they may go from a million dollars to zero dollars. And they go, I don't understand. It's how it works. And an entrepreneur understands it's shifting sand. You got to ride that wave. You got to keep trying things and you can't give up. And if you fail, it's a failure. The next thing is going to succeed. It's all cyclical. It all comes back. You could be the poorest guy in the room today, the richest guy in the room tomorrow. And sad to tell you, you could be the poorest guy again. But if you're if you have that mindset, that entrepreneurial mindset of mm. uh, but I'm going to keep going and I'm going to keep trying and I've got ideas and I value my ideas. Guess what? You are going to get back to the top of that mountain. You just you're going to get there now when you're there the third time, maybe the fourth time you might go, OK, I'm going to try to be safe up here. <laughs> you know, I don't want to be that poor guy again, but it 
it takes the work, it takes the perseverance, and it takes, once again, that vulnerability. I, I mentioned how there was a, I don't know if I mentioned it on here or if I was talking about it before, but I mentioned there was another baby store that we uh, had pretty much put out of business. There was another one behind us that when we met her, she had this small shop and we were in direct competition, but we were sending people to her. We don't carry the same things. We're sending people. Mm-hmm. She started referring to herself as the matriarch of children's stores. And we're like, what is this? She's telling our customers that you should shop with me. I'm the matriarch. We're like, first of all, what is that marketing? Second of all, her ego was getting bigger and bigger about it. Like, Hey, he moved in here, but I'm the one you come to. Well, guess what? A year later, she was gone. She didn't, she didn't humble herself. She didn't move with the times and she didn't understand partnerships and that there can be, like I said earlier, there can be 10 baby stores in the neighborhood with me. Great. If I'm doing my thing and I'm always working at it, I'm going to succeed. Some months I'm going to be the top dog. Some months I'm not, but if I stay in there, I'm always going to be one of the dogs as opposed to somebody boarded up. And that point right there, the collaboration versus competition. I think that's a massive mindset shift that we all go through as entrepreneurs. It, you, when you start out, it's, it's it's so easy to fall into the category of you know, everyone is competition. Everyone right. is doing the same thing. I need to be bigger, better, different. Can't talk, can't give away my secrets. Whereas there is enough people going around. There is enough people to understand that you know one coach, one product, one shop is different from the other one. It's just personal preference or the right way of doing things. So to have that collaboration, um, I think there's a different energy to it. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'll give you an example with our, I'm going to go back to our network again. Uh, when the Flash TV show first appeared, uh-huh. our show was, or our network was well underway and known for geeky content. And I had four different podcasts reach out to me podcasters or groups that said, I want to do a flash podcast. And with each one of them, my wife and I went, yeah, great. Let's do it. We helped them develop it. Mm. They all launch about the same time because the flash kicks off and we've got four different podcasts about the flash. Oh my gosh. In the network, most people were like, that makes sense. Outside of the network, people I know that are other podcasters, even fans are writing in going, why would you do this? Why would you have four? You have one. And I said, it's four different voices. It's four different shows. If 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 this show, if Fast Talkers has their show and then the Flash Arrow Power Hour is this show, all they can do is share audience and push them back and forth between them. I would rather have four shows that are all pumping being the four top Flash podcasts than one that's always swimming underwater going, how do I get that guy's thing? How do I get to that guy's mountain? No, no. Let them all do their thing. Mm. Some washed out, some stayed in, some changed into other things. That's wonderful. Don't be afraid of competition. Partnerships, okay. partnerships. It's it's the key. And, and asking, when I started, I mean, man, I didn't know anything about social media. And I would ask every person I got in touch with, how do you use Twitter? What are you using on Twitter? How are you using Facebook? To this day, I mean, I teach it and I coach on it and I have books on it and I've talked to some of the big thinkers on it. I still ask constantly. Love Mark, that. when this conversation's over, I might ask you, uh, how do you do it? I mean, I ask all the time. You've got to constantly be humbling yourself and and learning and trying things. And if you fail, don't beat yourself up too much. 
Mm. Because two, two key points there is it's yeah, the communication that we have and it's the relationships we build. The relationship with with other people, with our team, with our audience, with strangers, but right. also the communication with ourselves. Because without the ability to ah to have to drop the ego and be ask the perceived stupid question. I remember being in a mastermind and in a physical room back in you know, pre-COVID, and oh my gosh, I was asking the stupid questions or I thought were the stupid questions, but I'd reached a point where. I wanted to know, and God damn it, I'm going to get my money's worth. I'm going <laughs> to be right. the person. And everyone else is like, thank you for asking, because I was thinking that, but I was too scared, afraid to, to put my hand up or do that. I'd reached my limit. I'd reached that point. And that was a big sort of pivot point or moment for me personally to be able to have the strength, the guts to do that and realize, okay, what I'm going to get from that is going to be huge. Or I can just pretend that I know it all and try and get the the respect of people in the yeah, room. Yeah, that doesn't work. But that doesn't go too far, right? right? It's fake. It is. And people can smell that a mile away. Yeah. You know, you're right, man. Uh, you know, I always teach that. I always tell people there is no stupid question. When we would do our 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 sessions, like actually right now, I'm I'm putting together a team. I run a couple of podcast groups on Facebook for the Chicago Podcasters and Chicago Podcasters Unite. And mm. I keep trying to be very vulnerable, like, hey, I'm trying to make this cooler. Who has ideas? I finally, after years of doing this, I finally got people that said, hey, I want to help. So I put together a team. I was writing with them this morning. And I, I said, you, you guys haven't run one of these. Do not be afraid to ask the dumb questions. If you don't know how to approve a post, I great. Just ask me. Or ask the group. I mean, seriously, it gets that dumb where people feel that way. When I'm teaching classes, I, I start out that way. Like, you know, digital marketing, they all act like they know what it is. The first question I ask them in their in their uh, uh, participation is, what is digital marketing? The answers are almost, almost every time incorrect, okay? But I tell them, that's great. Be wrong. Get the wrong answer. You're not going to get points off because yeah. all we can do then is learn what it is. Or maybe what you said there's something that augments how I think about it and we can add to it. You know, you've got, like you said, you're in a mastermind group. Don't worry about being the dumb guy. The dumb you guy wins. Be, you want to be the, the the dumbest guy in the room. Oh, yeah. Well, the dumb guy want, wins. You want, you want to be, because then it means that everyone else around you is at a different level. And part of me, I, I used to love that. Being the, the, the cheeky monkey of the group, the, the, the young one, the always come up. It's like, but then people enjoyed that kind of charm. And I played to it. That was my protection mechanism. So I could I could be there and hold space, even though, oh, God, I was vulnerable. That it was yeah, yeah. tough. And oh, it hurts. It hurts, right? It can do. It absolutely can what? do. It is, and it's energy draining. But then it realizing that energy drain is because it's not authentic. You're trying to put on acts rather than being like, hey, I'm Mark. I don't know any of this, um, but I want to. But here's what I do. Here's who I am. And that's where you can start to be create those again back to communication and relationships because this all is about relationships yeah so with my uh with the podcast profs this this uh one company that i started uh basically the idea is it's not supposed to be just me i actually have a team of people mm -hmm. that we can draw things from so if you have a branding issue i can say hey you got to talk to this guy if you have a, a pr issue i've got a pr professional that mm -hmm. is happy to like answer some things and then you can maybe hire them outside of what we do i mean there's Okay. So with that, when I do my free consultation, 
This is exactly the point that I get to with people. I try to get them to stop throwing up, oh, I've done it right for 20 years. Tell me what your problem is. Let's figure it out. Tell me where you're vulnerable. Because very often it'll come down to something as simple as, I really don't understand social media at all. Mm. Okay. Okay. You and everybody else, we're making it up. I love, that's my favorite phrase. You know, people don't understand this. They think, oh, everyone has the answers. When I started podcasting, I was asking every podcaster I could all these questions. And you know, a lot of what I got back were blatant lies. Yeah. We're all just making it up as we go along, right? We're all just using the platforms, the systems, because this is all evolving at a rate of knots. Right. And, and they would either lie about it or they were only coming from their perspective, this like tiny view. And it's like, okay, I get that. But then I started discovering there are no rules to any of this. As soon as somebody tells you a rule, break it. Uh, there was a great post I read. Um, somebody was on one of these groups and they were talking all about uh, the rules of how long your podcast should be. Right. And Dave Jackson, uh, the, the school of podcasting, Mm. Uh, he's a friend of mine. He wrote on there. He goes, look, make it as long as you want. He goes, yeah, at the time, Joe Rogan was the biggest podcast. He goes, Joe Rogan does four hour shows sometimes. And sometimes two hour shows. He broke the rules. Do you think he thinks about the rules? No. Does that mean you got four hours to talk? No, figure out what works for you. Now I have another friend who is out of Ireland that has a show that does numbers. Like you can't even believe like you i mean when he told me these numbers it was like we're talking tv numbers i don't know Mm -hmm. how this happened and it's true and he says the same thing i we were talking about like some of the rules and he was like man i don't know i don't know any podcasters other than you at this point and he goes i don't know what the rules are and i won't read a book about it because it's going to ruin what i'm doing (laughs) i I don't know what i'm doing but it's working. That yeah, he goes, I just will go for it. Beautiful thing. Um, I'm going to have to wrap this up because, oh my God, we could talk for hours, I think, on on this. and Oh, yes. But so I, I would love to invite you back on. Before you leave, I, I want to ask you one question because you were saying about you know, people understanding and realizing and, and sharing you know, where they're vulnerable. Can I ask you, where, where are you vulnerable right now? Oh, good question. I like to give thoughtful answers, so give me a moment here. You know, I think that the most vulnerable thing for me in the moment is the the money part of it. So I've got these two businesses. I've got Southgate Small Business, where I coach and where I Mm -hmm. consult on marketing for small businesses, I do a lot with creatives and artists and that. And then you've got the podcast profs where I'm working with podcasters, uh, supposed to be experienced podcasters, but I get a lot of people like, I want to start one. Okay. And I have no problem asking for what my value is, asking for what my money is. I used to, that used to be a big pain point. Mm. I didn't see any self-value. Now I understand this is what the market is. I shouldn't be afraid. But where am I, where am I, feeling it is going between, uh, I I don't want to call it selling out, but going between, I need to make money. And there are simple things you can do 
that aren't as genuine to what my company is and what my values are that make me say, I have to, I have to stay the course. Yeah. Uh, when I, when I talk about the vulnerability, it becomes a financial thing because do I will call it sell out to make the money? Do I, do I, uh, do I take the regular job? That's an even easier way to do it. Do I take the job where I know I'm going to get a 401k and I'm going to get insurance and I'm going to get pay, a paycheck or do I stay to my vision? Do I believe in myself? Mm-hmm. And I do, I must, cause I've done it for so long, but I'll tell you what, there are a lot of times where I have to reset where I have to sit down and go, okay. Like I, we were just talking about it on a podcast this morning. My wife and I do one called broken to brave, uh, Patreon only, uh, about to be Substack only too. Nice. Uh, but it's, it's my favorite podcast that I've ever been involved in. We just started our fourth season and it's all like really about life. Okay. Being, we talk about vulnerable. There's a podcast I've cried on. I, uh, and we were talking about the morning rituals today and how mine has turned into getting up and I need about 15 minutes of quiet time. And I think about what I got to get done today. And I, I made it easy on myself. I made a list of like, here, here are five constants you got to do. Mm-hmm. And then maybe I got to dance around a little bit and I got to do these things. And then I got to, I got to set a couple of goals for the day and the financial pressure is there. And that vulnerability is there that makes me say, yeah, but I got to go on and try and apply for a job and try to get this paycheck. But then I go, wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm not being true to who I am and I'm going to be miserable and it's going to make my family miserable. And we will get through this, Yeah. you know? So where is it? It's, it, it's kind of a tough answer, but it's, it's, I believe it's. Thank you for, for in that financial processing this in, in real time. I think it's fascinating. Yeah. And when I said, you know, I have been the richest guy in the room and I've been the poorest guy in the room. It, it's absolutely true right now between the two of us. I'm the poorest guy in the room. I guarantee it. That's okay. I'll get you on the next one, right? <laughs> in, in what aspects? Monetary? Where it matters. Where it matters. Uh, I put myself up against anybody. I, I'm, I'm George Bailey. I'm the richest man in Pottersville. No, you don't want to be in Pottersville. But I've got a family that I love, a family that loves me. I've got wonderful, amazing friends. I've got a network of people. I wanted to get into the, the, the like interviewing comic book artists and I love all that stuff. Right. So we started mm. haunting artist alley 10 years ago. We needed people to interview. I now have so many writers, artists, musicians that are not just little acquaintances, but they're friends. My daughter does a, she's a professional actress. She does a show downtown. She's 15, right? These artists, friends like come out to see her because they're like, Oh, our friend Molly is in it. Not just like, oh, you know, like, oh, that's great. I'll give you a thumbs up. They show up mm. and that that's, you want to talk about being rich. I, I, I interviewed two women yesterday. We got along so great at the end of it. We were like, look, we got to find a way to partner. That's richness. That's, yeah. that's what it is. Could I use some financial? Yeah. All of us could, <laughs> you know, uh, and we're always looking for it, but it's not the carrot on the stick that drives me. Mm-hmm. And it's not what I view as success. My wife asked me that question last night. What is success? And we started talking about it. And unfortunately, it wasn't financial. Whereas I know some people, it is all financial. That's great. Mm-hmm. That's great for them. 
Mine is having a voice, making a mark, changing people's lives. Oh my God. Huh. Helping people, man, I'll drop everything to go help somebody every time. Nice. Hey, Did that answer uh, your question? I really hope so. Yeah. I think the coffee's you, again, kicking there's in. a couple of tangents there, but it was beautifully, um, as I said, processed in real time and fascinating. So, Hey, look, Rob, thank you so much for your time. Um, I would love to have you back on and we'll go down a different rabbit hole with a different business and seeing what's going on there. But um, in the meantime, if people want to find out more about you and what you do, uh, where in your gazillion places can they find you? <laughs> I made it easy. I used to do like, here's a link tree for this and here's my social media. And it was like ridiculous. Three websites. If you want to see the podcasting stuff I've done for now, you can, well, forever you can go to this website, but it's, it's kind of a work in progress. You go to Southgate media group.com. Mm -hmm. Okay. That has, it doesn't have all the podcasts on it. That's why I said it's a work in progress. I, I do better work now than I did on that one, but Hey, I'm going to rebuild it. The podcast props. If you're a podcaster or a wannabe podcaster, check it out. I'm loading it up with resources right now. It's all about the consultations. Uh, and it's been great. I've helped launch a couple of really cool things. Uh, and I have definitely helped people that have been doing it a while that are like, mm. how do I grow this? What am I missing here? And I coach them through it. And I also consult because coaching is very much listening to you and you've got the answer already. Yeah. But sometimes we don't, sometimes we need somebody to say, yeah, here's the, you've got the answer, but the answer actually is solved by picking up this book or by reading this article, or maybe you didn't know you have to fix your bio this way. So that's mm. where the consulting comes in as well. Uh, then there's Southgate, Southgate small business, which is, this is the one where I help with marketing and projects. I just helped somebody who had a book they had written and they were like, I have no idea how to self-publish. I took them through, not only did we have to do the marketing part of it to lead up into it, but then we had to create the book. I helped connect him with an artist and we made, made a book and his book, I am too far away from it to grab it. His book came out. He's so happy. He's like, this is a life changer. I'm thrilled. Fantastic. You know what? That's the fuel that drives me right there. I help creatives. I help realtors. They need podcasts. I help. Uh, I love helping not-for-profits. I love helping coaches. Every coach should have a podcast. Mm. And, and they get excited and then they don't know what to do or they, they will say, do it wrong because you can, you can, you can do it wrong by starting off and, and stopping after two episodes because you didn't feel comfortable and you didn't know what you were doing. Well, that's wrong. Talk to somebody, have somebody help you out. Don't give up. Right. So that's what I do. So it's Southgate media group, the podcast profs and Southgate small business. And Mark, I'm going to invite you on my show. I want you to come on a show I do called new media lab. And at New Media Lab, we talk about the business side mm -hmm. of, I focus on podcasting because obviously I'm a podcaster, but I, I talk to YouTubers and anyone that's creating new media. And we talk about some of the, like we were saying, people lie. They don't tell you the truth. But I want to hear, what do you do for marketing? What are some of your tips for that? And what's your story? How did you start mm. out? I love it because I love to hear the stories of people and what they did and how they got into it. And then we get into some of the marketing stuff. It's just, you know, so I'm going to invite you on that. Oh, I'd invite I'll Katie, but I haven't you. met her yet. So <laughs> <laughs> we'll both join. Absolutely. I would love Sounds it. Really cool. Hey, Rob, I would love it. Thanks again for your time. This has been absolutely amazing. It's been a pleasure. 
And I will accept that invitation whenever you want me on. You let me know. I would love to work with you. I would love to guest again. I've got a lot to say, as you can tell. Thank you very much. Thank you. Hey, Katie. Yeah, Mark? Want to do an outro? I sure do. Sweet. Hey, thank you so, so much for listening and making it to the end. Yay, you. So what happens next? Uh, we ask them the things that podcasters are supposed to ask at the end of an episode. Can you please rate, review, download? Subscribe. Mm. Yeah. But why is it important? Because that's how our podcast gets noticed. That's how people find us. It is, and we want all their earballs. <laughs> all the earballs all over the place. We do. Nice. Yeah, so please do all those things. We'll be ever so grateful. And then more people hear your beautiful voice. Or yours. Oh, yeah. <laughs> See you next time. Bye.